2 Corinthians may have been the hardest letter Paul ever had to write. He tells them in the beginning of the second chapter that he is writing to them out of, quote, great distress and anguish and with many tears. For Paul, this letter was deeply personal. The Corinthian church had rejected him in no uncertain terms, despite all he had done to show them Jesus and to help them grow in the faith. I mean, he, he planted the church during one of his early missionary journeys. They were like his spiritual children. But that community quickly devolved into infighting and division. So he wrote his first letter to them, what we know as 1 Corinthians, to guide them, sometimes chastise them, and remind them of what was most important. He even paid them more visits in person. But over time, those Corinthians rejected Paul even more. They said he was too poor, too blue-collar, too unsophisticated to be of any authority to such an upscale, elite, cosmopolitan community like themselves. For Paul, these characterizations cut him deeply. They were like his spiritual children, but they rebelled against him in their spiritual adolescence. So we can imagine that as Paul began to write this second letter to Corinth, his hand shook a bit with every stroke and his tears falling on the page and smearing the freshly scribed ink as his heart was filled with sadness over how broken their relationship had become. But then an amazing thing happens over the course of 2 Corinthians. By the time we reach the end of the letter, and even by the time we get to the end of the second chapter, where our scripture reading is today, something has happened in his tone and in his language. He has moved away from grief and sadness and somehow shifted into joy and hope. Something has helped him move past the hurt and usher in a new sense of resilience and restoration in his relationship with the Corinthians. And it is that very thing that can help you and me experience hope and new life today. What is it? Gratitude. And that should be no surprise given our current worship series. But here is what Paul discovered. Gratitude, when practiced, can bring healing from our past and hope for our future. Now note the importance of the words when practiced. Gratitude is something we feel for sure, right? I mean, it's an emotion. It's important to feel grateful and to sense gratitude. But as Paul discovered, gratitude must be practiced in order to experience healing and hope. And writing this letter became for Paul a practice of gratitude. As he wrote it, Words and phrases came to his mind. Read the epistle and you'll see the recurrence of words like comfort, endurance, and hope in chapter 1. And then in chapter 2, there are words like forgiveness and love. So that by the time he reached the end of chapter 2 in our scripture reading for today, the process of turning gratitude into action by writing this letter helped him offer forgiveness. And more importantly, it gave him two things, healing from his past and hope for this future. Practicing gratitude helped him discover new life in the present moment.
So much so that in today's scripture reading, he wrote these words, Thanks be to God, for together we are like a pleasing aroma of Jesus, spreading knowledge of him everywhere. Together, he said, we are like a pleasing aroma to God. That's what gratitude can do. Not just a feeling of gratitude, but a practice of gratitude. It can bring healing from our past and hope in our future so that we can make a difference in the lives of other people today. In the book Gratitude, the subversive practice of giving thanks, author Diana Butler Bass tells a story of a filmmaker named Sean Pierre Regis. Growing up, he never fully appreciated how hard his mother worked to make ends meet. He resented her for how little money they had. Looking back at his youth, Sean said, quote, I was so mean to my mother growing up about having no money. When his mother turned 75 years old, she was fired from her job and she became depressed. Sean, in turn, became remorseful for how he had treated her throughout his younger years. But he knew that simply feeling grateful for his mother would not be enough to repair the harm from the past. He would have to practice gratitude. So here's what he did. Sean asked his mother for her bucket list of all the things she had always wanted to do in her life but never did. And one by one, they began to cross those items together off her list, like milking a cow, taking a hip-hop dance lesson, flying back to her home country of England to visit her sister's grave, walking the Boston Marathon. Sean discovered that the practice of gratitude could not only bring healing from the brokenness of their past, it could provide hope for their future. His mother said, quote, I've never felt younger. I've never felt more loved. That is what the practice of gratitude can do. It can bring healing from the past and hope for the future. And Paul discovered that the practice of gratitude through the simple act of writing a letter of reconciliation with those who caused him harm would do just that. Sean discovered the practice of gratitude in the act of savoring each moment with his mother. And it's a concept that I have been taught by my therapist over these recent years, one that I've learned to practice in my own life. I've spoken and written a few times in the past about how each of my sessions with my therapist ends. At the end of each session, she always asks me to respond briefly to two questions. Number one, what is one thing I am proud of since our last session together? And two, what is one thing I'm looking forward to? What's one thing I'm proud of since our last time together? And what's one thing I'm proud of? I love those two questions now. I didn't always love them. At the beginning, during my earliest sessions with her, I would come into the sessions with all that was burdening me, all the emotional and mental stuff that I was carrying related to life and work and family. And the first time she asked me those questions at the end of a session, I answered her with this highly nuanced and sophisticated answer. I don't want to. I found myself unable and unwilling to answer them because I preferred to stay stuck in my present problems. And it was hard to see either the past or the future as 
anything but extensions of my present troubles. But I see now that the genius of those two questions is in the practice of gratitude. The first question challenges me to give thanks for something that has happened in my past. The second challenges me to give thanks for something that will happen in the future. And the act, the act of speaking that gratitude aloud, of practicing gratitude by naming it and claiming it, is often just the thing I need to leave her office with a new resilience, a new sense of comfort and strength to face whatever I was carrying into that day. So what are you proud of in the past week since we last got together last Sunday? And what is something you are looking forward to in the weeks ahead? And here's one more idea to add into the mix during this current generosity campaign as a church. What if, what if we learn to practice gratitude in that way as a whole congregation? And what if practicing that gratitude involved, at least in part, offering our generosity to God through our financial gifts and our estimate of giving? If we thought about those two questions as a congregation, what would we say is something we are proud of since our last generosity campaign last year? Might it be the 32 baptisms and 52 new members we have brought into the church over the past year? Might it be the fact that our partner school, Dunbar Elementary, is one of the fastest improving schools in our county? Might it be the 5,500 meals we have served through open arms to persons experiencing homelessness? or the 80 persons who are experiencing Jesus through small groups at the portico, or that we were a part of collecting nearly 100 food baskets for refugee families in our area, or the, or the four tons of water, or over 400 roof tarps and over $60,000 of donations that we've given to Hurricane Ian relief. Maybe it's the ever-widening reach of our online worship service that brings in people from around the country, or the listenership of our Bible Project podcast, which has actually increased since we did the Bible Project in 2020. What is something we can be proud of over the last year? Well, it's hard to pick just one. Now, no church is perfect, including this one, but we have reasons to practice gratitude. And particularly for anyone who has experienced harm by organized religion in the past, and anyone who is struggling with their faith journey, this church is a place where we can practice gratitude and be thankful for what God has done in our past and be excited for what God can do in our future. That's where your estimate of giving card comes in. The number that you prayerfully put on that card will result in the numbers that are part of our impact report next year. These two numbers are directly related. So if you haven't already, you can practice gratitude by filling out an estimate of giving card online at hydeparkumc.org forward slash EOG in time for Commitment Sunday next week. Many of you have already submitted your card, and we are very, very grateful. But here's one more thing you can do. This would be a, a wonderful way for you to practice gratitude as part of this church. I wonder, how would you respond to this question? In eight words or less, 
How has God, through this church, helped you live more gratefully? In eight words or less, how has God, through this church, helped you live more gratefully? How would you answer that question? We would love to hear. We would love to gather your responses and share it with you in a special way next Sunday. So you can text your eight words or less by simply sending them as a cell phone text message to the number 94000. It's 94000. You can text us your eight-word response, and we are excited to share all these responses with you next week. So by the time Paul reached the end of the second chapter of his letter, his spirits were filled and lifted, and his broken relationship with the Corinthians felt restored all because of gratitude, not just a feeling of gratitude, but gratitude put into action as he learned to be grateful for the past and hopeful for the future. Gratitude, when practiced, can bring healing from our past and hope for the future. May that be the case for you and for all of us as together we become a pleasing aroma for Christ, sharing the love and knowledge of God with everyone. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for the amazing blessings in every moment. We thank you for the way you bring healing from our past and hope for our future. And we ask you to empower us to practice gratitude, to make gratefulness a way of life that we might live with endurance and courage for the living of these days. We pray for discernment as we weigh our financial estimates of giving for next year. Thank you for all that you will do through this church over an exciting year to come. In Jesus' name, amen.